If a person's speaking with headphones on in front of a microphone, can they be heard if someone does not have their earbuds in? (laughs) (laughs) That's like the tree falling in the forest. Yes, exactly. You know? So, this episode is sponsored by Quiet Time Kombucha. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this is this is Mark's personal brand. He just started one minute ago. Exactly. One minute precisely. Yeah. So what is quiet time kombucha? Well, it's a it's a complex blend of raspberry and ginger root mm-hmm. that has a effervescent uh flavor that just livens the taste buds for the morning and just mm-hmm quickens the rest of the body throughout yeah. the day and what is what it, how, and does it enhance your quiet time as well um it's part of, it actually uh increases reflection mm-hmm. ability oh <laughs> so, very nice very nice i've actually had some of this quiet time kombucha it is refreshing pre-branded yes pre-branded and it was it was very good i yeah. enjoyed it yeah just our own little blend there. Yeah. So if you'd like to buy a twelve pack, that would be four ninety nine a bottle. I need to know ahead of time. I know they make six six bottles a week. So twelve bottles, we'd have to, uh, yeah, ramp up production dr- dramatically. <laughs> we probably won't be able to meet demand. So don't yeah, order. Like it. say, you'll be disappointed in the production value. <laughs> Welcome to How I See It with me, Mark Pratt, and Justin Sternberg. This is a podcast that works to counter cultural polarization through thoughtful conversations. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark, I'm yes, dandy sir. today. How are you? I am very well, and I'm glad you're dandy, Justin. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you remembered. Didn't you? Now yeah, you're I doing it you on your own. Punch. You did. That's right. You that's did. Right. I'm trying to really, you know, really Justinize this. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> We're going to have a hashtag dandy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the goal. And then Quiet Time Kombucha there will you be go. another hashtag. Brought to you by Quiet Time Kombucha. So now whenever you have a... I'd have to bring a out really... a different voice for that. Mm. Let's see. Brought to you by Quiet Time Kombucha. Now that sounds a little... Good. <laughs> good sound effect. That, that was the wrong one. That's okay. We don't have a good one for that. We'll work on it. We'll workshop May, it. Maybe not more today, but like yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's good to and see you. And I'm glad you. you're dandy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, What's your thoughts for the day? My thoughts for today. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about... Mm. Mm, a little bit about a lot. Oh <laughs> no! Um, so there's this. We might talk a lot about a little bit too. <laughs> that that's probably more accurate. To okay, we'll talk a lot about a little bit. Um, yeah. So there's this concept of what we call codependency mm. in the recovery world. I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, okay, drop, drop my pen. That's <laughs> all right. Yes, and I'm back. He's back. Did you hear this? 3D surround sound as I came to my mic. Ooh, I I didn't notice it, but mm-hmm. I noticed it more as you demonstrated yeah, demonstrated right. what 3D right. surround sound. Back to sound. the topic. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. I'm very distracted this morning. So I'm I didn't d- have I'm, my quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about codependence in recovery. You said is that mm-hmm. what you? Yes. Okay. So the reason I say that is because 
I don't actually, I've been so immersed in the recovery world for so long, mm. I don't actually know how it touches in the rest of the world, like, you know, psychiatry okay. and that kind of thing, and if the definitions over there are similar. But before, I want to hear the rest of your thought there. No, I, I just, just want to. It was just a question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to want to hear more <laughs> of that question. <laughs> no, uh, and then the other kind of edges of this topic would be enabling Mm. Um, as well as boundaries. So sure. these are all kind of in a similar bucket of uh, sure. topics that touch on each other. Sure. Um, so we anticipate that this may bleed into a second episode. Hey, maybe even a third. <laughs> yeah. But an ongoing conversation about um, all of these things. So back yeah. to you, Mark. No, that's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that, uh, and I, and I, this is my perspective here again. We don't, um, we don't want to hear how you see it. Oh, you wait, don't? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I think, I think in my, from what I hear, you know, um, it can sound, these, these names, these labels can sound more complicated than they really are. Okay. Because we have a lot of. Well, especially names. codependency. Codependency. That's like such an amorphous blob of a term in and, recovery. And in mesh, excuse me. No, I'm going to add another word. Oh no, enabling. Okay, but here's here's it. I know we we routinely come back to continuums. That's right. Okay, but I think I think they're helpful. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a continuum that's gonna help us define this. Awesome. Okay, he's got his hands in the air. I got my hands in the air, right and left, (laughs) beginning the continuum. I got my book and hands. Okay, now picture in my right hand this book, my right bookend. Okay, that's gonna be a term that I'm gonna call enmeshed. Okay. Okay, and for the sake of my left hand, I'm gonna just go to there, and that's gonna be isolation. Okay, mm-hmm. so enmeshed, if we stop and think about that, it's going to look very like, very much like a plate of spaghetti. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Because, gotcha. uh, you know, or put your fingers together, intertwine your yeah. fingers. That's a, that's enmeshed. I like the spaghetti. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to stick the spaghetti. Well, it's a good analogy <laughs> because you, I think you use the word that uh, squishy. You know, some of these terms are squishy. It's, it is like that plate of spaghetti. Mm. You just push against it and it's like it mm. moves, but yet everything moves mm-hmm. all at the same time. You push a little bit here. It just kind of moves and mm-hmm. absorbs. And it's hard to know where one starts, one ends. Exactly. Yeah. So from that perspective, okay, I'm seeing, I'm going to look at that word enmeshed. Okay. And I think it fits for your, um, addictions, that kind of thing. Enmeshed is to the point of my problems are your problems and your problems are my problems. Mm -hmm. They're again, very much connected with codependency. You know, your happiness, my happiness is dependent upon your happiness. You know, those kind of things to where there's, there's very limited boundaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. On the other end, of course, is isolation. Is that the, the, that's the one, you know, dry noodle that fell on the floor and in the corner? <laughs> All by itself. All by itself. It's the one that got thrown to the wall to see if it stuck and it <laughs> fell to the floor and it stayed right there. Okay. It's no longer... It's just all dried up. And and it's a good analogy for mm-hmm. people who tend to live in isolation. 
Mm, okay. All dried up. Just, yeah, because there, Didn't stick. <laughs> there's, there's little connection. There's little ability to yeah. uh, replenish myself. Yeah. And so I tend to, so these are the, the ends, if you will. Those are the bookends, the right the hand, bookends. the left hand. And, and I think part of that is the process of, so, it, go ahead. Sorry. But isolation, I want to recognize is, okay, I'm not connected to anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you switch hands on me. Yep, I did. I went to left because <laughs> because that was the spaghetti that <laughs> fell to the floor. OK, yeah, yeah. and it's all dried up. And that's so the isolation. That's the isolation. That's the person who, you know, is the rock mm-hmm. is the island. You know, they don't feel this. Yeah. They, they've just they've just had enough of it all. Mm-hmm. And they want to just go. It's the woman at the well. Yeah living in isolation, just going, you know, to the well at the middle of the day because she's drank from this well, this well, that well, and it's all been dry. So yeah. I'm just living apart from everyone. And that can also start, uh, that can precede, proceed from a life of that nature, or it can proceed from, uh, like, uh, we talking about investment styles, like mm-hmm. a certain upbringing can just cause you to be that way from the sure. very beginning is that right sure isolated yeah. Norm- normally it comes out of a a frustration or hurts okay you know those kind of things it's like i've had enough mm-hmm. you know or i've just i've just been um i think of you know people who tend to avoid emotion because they just kind of grew up with emotions being bad so i just kind of go to that uh, your IT guy, but you know, that would be a good example of somebody who just says, okay, I want to kind of go to my own little world. I want to work off. I mean, I want to work, you know, remote. I want to just spend my days apart from people because people just frustrate me. That so kind of thing. Is that what you think we do, Mark? No, but it, <laughs> it's just one of those things. I, I know you have a desire mm-hmm, to spend probably more time with people mm-hmm. than apart from people, but your job. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually way. with people all day. Sure. Yeah, if you call it that. <laughs> <laughs> you tell yourself that, Justin. Yeah. We need to go back. What was that? The social media episode where we talked about yeah. <laughs> if they're real relationships. Exactly. Yeah. This is a callback, folks. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of the continuum uh, as usual because it, it very much says the opposite of the thing that's bad is not always good right like if you go the other fly to the other side sure then that's not necessarily good which happens to be a great segue in Mm -hmm. terms of um, some of the things i've been thinking about with codependency sure but i think before and boundaries Mm -hmm. yeah yes to where yeah well yeah go ahead yeah uh i guess that's i was just thinking that through yeah so um in codependent before we get there sure because i, I want to go there yep. um, codependency and boundaries you lead the way i'll follow them he's uh, well, making bef- notes bef- folks <laughs> before <laughs> on his non-real notebook <laughs> <laughs> go ahead sorry uh it is a digital tablet and that's why he says it's not real i just just to catch everyone up yeah uh, i think we need to define codependency at least try okay um so um, I want to hear, I want to hear yours first. I would, I would say, okay. Sorry to put you in the spot. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um. Oh, pause. Pause. <laughs> I am so, 
squirrely this morning. I'm sorry. I should have brought a little kombucha for you. <laughs> maybe I had too much kombucha. I don't uh, know. Maybe. Um, no, uh, pause because I wanted to ask you is mm. there a. You've been in the celebrate recovery world for a little while now. You've experienced kind of our version of what codependency is, I think. Sure. Is is it pretty much the same as I in see it. psychiatry? Is that a, a real thing over well, there? I'd have to know your definition to compare it to my definition, Just but I your see understanding. it. Okay. Cause see, I, I'm going to, I'm going to basically, I'll make another continuum for the sake of codependence. What I would call enmeshed is going to be codependent. Mm-hmm. If I'm in my Let's right begin. hand, if I'm yep, in my right hand again on my left hand, okay, is independent. <clears throat> yep. Okay. The dried up. So noodle. it's the dried up noodle. And in the middle, okay, is going to be interdependent. Yeah. So I can learn to have relationship. I can be in relationship. And yet I know where you start and I stop. Enmeshed or codependent don't know where that line is. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's too mingled together. There's yeah. limited boundaries. Yep. So m- your happiness is dependent upon my happiness. Yep. And vice versa. That's codependent to where interdependence is the ability to go to work and be, you know, myself and, you know, have autonomy, Mm -hmm. if you will, you know, from my wife and from other people who are close to me. But yet I come back. I don't have to live in that isolation. I don't have to live that completely independent life. The whole John Wayne pick yourself up by your bootstraps type stuff. Yeah. And I can have this interdependence that says, okay, I have friends, I have supports, I have my family and we support one another. And yet if you get in trouble or if you do something that, you know, gets you in trouble, that's not necessarily my problem. Yeah. I'm willing to be a support. We can work through some of the details, but ultimately you got in trouble and yeah. now you're experiencing consequences and it's not my job to make those consequences go away for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And well, well, it'll be great to move into some examples too um, at some point. Uh, but as you talk about inner, you know, and, and mm-hmm. as far as like, what does this look like in families or relationships? But um, before that, you, you know, when you use the term in, interdependence, like Stephen Covey talks a lot about this mm. concept of um, these concepts in the seven habits for highly effective people. When he talks about um, moving from in- independence to interdependence and basically how dependence is the first state we arrive on in this planet, right? Like we sure. are completely dependent on our caretakers. We are unable to whatever. And the goal is to move to independence, to be able to, you know, get on your bike and ride across town and sure. buy yourself a soda. You know, yeah. I don't know if they kids do that these days, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And then, but that's not the ultimate. The ultimate is to move into interdependence. And then he would say interdependence is where his buzzword synergy comes in. That's where sure. you're able to do something that's more than the sum of the parts. So you plus me you know, one plus one equals mm-hmm. two. And he was, he's saying when you put two people together, um, there's an opportunity for synergy. Synergy is a multiplicative effect. Sure. Uh, where you plus B equals, you know, a podcast, right? right? Where hopefully multiple people are impacted as a result of our, you know, multiplied sure. efforts here. Yeah. That kind of thing. Synergy, right? So, but that's not possible without that interdependent nature. And I would argue mm. on the codependent side, 
when you've become, gone past interdependence, where you're in complete, what do you call it? Enmeshed. Enmeshed, yes. Um, it becomes almost impossible for synergy as well, where sure. you know our parts together create something that's greater than the sum of the parts. Instead, it's more likely that they start rubbing against, and like the sum of the parts is less than the sum of all the sure single, you know, the parts. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's another good uh, potential way to look at it and see signs of codependency. Say, when he and I are together, mm-hmm. we don't create a better. We we end up worse than when we're apart. You know, sure. and that's a, that can be a good sign of our. Is there some codependence or enmeshment? Yeah. Your thoughts? No, it's, I'm I'm in agreement with all that, and I and I like you know I appreciate the fact that you brought. Um, dependence in and i think you know in a lot of cases when we put co in front of that word it's just it's just adding to it's just two people that are dependent on one another you know yeah it's two people that have found each other yeah and you know they need someone to depend upon yeah i've i've heard newcomers to the recovery world go oh yeah me and my wife we're codependent you know and, mm-hmm. and they describe it almost in a loving way, like, yeah. we can't live without each other. And you're like, mm, I don't think you quite understand what codependence is. Because that's, you know, sure. that's not that's not a sign of it, right? Like, No, no. And, and I think that's, and I think in our culture, okay, uh, codependence can seem very romantic. Yeah. Yeah. You like know, the, the Bonnie and Clyde ride, point ride of, or die. Yeah. I can't, going down live, together. I can't live can't without, live without you. you. Sure. Undying love. Like when you are your way, I'm pining. I can't do life me. without you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, and, I, and I think, but when we look at healthy relationship, we can recognize, okay, I enjoy life with you, but I can live without you. That's that ability to go be interdependent in yeah. such a way that says, okay, yeah, I don't, when you go to work, I know you're going to work and I'm not concerned about that you're someplace else mm-hmm. because you have demonstrated that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now, I may have had people in the past, you know, who have cheated on me or something along that line. So, yeah, I I have to call that into question. But that's where, you know, I'm starting to create these boundaries around what people have done to me in my previous life versus not previous life, but, you know, early on in life in my past history, you know, to this relationship and allowing and that's where and yeah, that's where my hands come mm-hmm. up because I'm starting to define some of those boundaries and I'm pulling them in from the extremes of right and left a little more to, you know, where my shoulders are. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're able to, you know, find that interdependence that says, okay, yeah, I, I enjoy being with you. And yet if we go away on vacation, seven days is probably about as long as we want to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, be together yeah. because we're going to be longing to have some independence again, yeah. where you do your things and I do my things. Mm-hmm. And that recharges us in such mm-hmm. a way that we come back together better mm-hmm. to be able to be interdependent yeah. because I'm telling you about my day and you're telling me about what you experienced. And that's that synergy 
that basically the, the, the energy is able to flow from that emotional intelligence that says, Hey, this is part of who I am and I want you to know about it. Yeah. And what are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So when, when a, when a couple isn't able to have that Mm -hmm. because there's codependence, Mm -hmm. then it, then it's, well, what'd you do that for? Mm -hmm. Why'd you do that? Really? You know, and it and it takes on a negative tone versus a, a a healthy tone that says, "Wow, tell me more." Yeah, you know, because there's a I would I would I would call that there's an insecurity, you yeah. know, that is that is fostering that dependence because you know I don't know who I am without you, and that makes it and that makes it tough just to be me. Yep. So yep. that, that's that, kind of, yeah. and I, and I think, um, you were talking about examples and I would say, um, alcoholic families mm-hmm. are a great example of enmeshed because they of course they have family secrets. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we've done, uh, uh, in the, how we love stuff, you know, I've had couples, you know, or, um, yeah, couples who have talked about their childhood and they, uh, the term, uh, public faces, yeah. comes up mm. you know that yep. that process of who yep. we are outside the home yep. you know and recognizing well you can't tell anybody about this mm-hmm. you know that's that's enmeshed yep. because at that point you know my alcoholism is affecting my children yep. in such a way that they can't say what's really going on so yeah. my problem has suddenly become my child's problem yeah. is my wife's problem that's where that definition you know your yeah. problems are my problems and my problems are your problems mm-hmm. so even before we get to the examples i'd like to uh explain the difference between a, the codependent and the why don't we have a word for the other side of that that's always bothered me. The other side. We, in recovery, we say the addict. We say the codependent and the addict. But, mm. you know, uh, that's obviously very um, microscopic. Mm. Of course, codependency help. exists outside of addiction, right? Like yeah, help me understand dysfunct- that. So, uh, often, so, okay. When you say an addict. Of- so, often when we hear codependency and we're mm. not aware of kind of, this is why we're doing this because I'm sure a lot of people aren't. Sure. Privy to what that idea is, you think it's a two two sides of the coin. So, or basically, it's it's two people in the same situation. They're samely yep. codependent. Yep. But in There's my experience, there. in my understanding, they're not doing the same things to each other codependently. It is there is the codependent, the side. That is what we call Mm. codependent. And then there's the addict, okay? Mm, So I'm going to define those two sides. And then you can let me know if that uh, uh, jives with your understanding. I'm going to need you to do that. Yes. So the codependent side is essentially the the side that is covering. That is, uh, can't figure out how to do life without making sure you're okay. Like, And so they do a lot of covering. They do a lot of enabling. In order to feel okay about themselves, they have to feel okay about you. And in order to feel okay about you, Mm -hmm. they have to cover for your transgressions, whatever they are. In, In an addict's case, it's, you know you know, covering for their drinking or sometimes even going to the store to get them a drink because they know that'll calm them down and that'll sure. save face for certain things or whatever, or um, just being afraid of that person and therefore continuing those cycles out of fear. Sure. But it's kind of that side of the coverer. Okay. okay. Yep. I gotcha. Where the other side is the covery. That's the one that's 
kind of the bull in the china shop not realizing the damage that they're doing and or being you know also being enabled to continue this behavior because it's always covered and it's always handled and taken care of and so they can continue in that behavior and so you can picture an alcoholic and his wife or you can picture you know a drug addict and his parents you know and and that's a common uh, dynamic where Mm -hmm. the parents are kind of trying to cover for the in the it's all in good in the right uh, intentions and, and, sure. and all that. I mean, this isn't about that. It's just drawing the lines uh, where the, the, the child is the addict and they're just continually slightly getting away with it, right? Like sure. one way or another because it's Maybe covered. not even slightly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, over time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I say slightly. And what I mean by that is Maybe completely, but yeah. not for a lifetime. They are going to experience significant pains. And what oh, happens sure. when you hold back the pains is that you are guaranteeing a much bigger pain at some point. Sure. And I think that's the that's that's where you know codependence becomes nefarious, like evil. Sure. Is like it's done in love and it's done in all these good intentions, but what you're actually doing is preventing the proper things happening at the right scale now. Sure. You know, but anyway, so that that's kind of where I would draw the lines. It's yeah. kind of the two sides. And no, I so appreciate I'd like to that. hear your. And it, I'll be honest with you. That's why I needed you to define. Um, I would recognize that from my perspective initially, till we started talking a little more, I would see that as still codependent because each person has a role. Mm-hmm. One's a, one's a, one's a caretaker, and one needs yeah. someone to take care of them. So, you know, that, that cycle becomes codependent because what I, I believe on the other side, on the, the, what you would label the codependent. Okay. Yes. They're the caretaker, but the addict needs someone to take care of them. Mm -hmm. So in that process, what the, what the caretaker is saying is, I don't think you can take care of yourself. Correct. So right. the, the, the addict would say, you're right. I need you. Right. Until you try to create boundaries. Then I don't right. need you. I may have to find somebody else that's going to replace right. you. Right. Or, or I'm left to deal with the consequences and health might happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, that's where, yeah. So it sounds I, like. Go ahead. I, I'm going to view that as a cyclical yeah. dynamic. So you're seeing codependency as this basically this cloud above relationships. Yep. And it's kind of the covering. Yes. And I think that that makes a lot of sense because, again, in my much more zeroed in understanding of Not it in, in recovery, I feel like no one's ever been that clear about no. <laughs> what codependency is because we're always describing the parents and the alcoholic's wife. We're, we're describing sure. that enabling side when we talk about codependency in the recovery world. And I feel like that's where it gets confusing because I do, that it makes a lot of sense where codependency is kind of the relational description of the relational, relational sure. dysfunction. Uh, and what w- it was really true is that we actually need better definitions for both sides of that is what no. i think you yeah know? and i'm and i'm thinking about even the the caretaker if you will we we could say the addict you know mm-hmm. but really from my perspective the caretaker is addicted to taking care 
Yeah. So you're, you, right. And you in recovery, me. we we very often say the uh, you know both sides. How do how do they say it? Both sides are the same level of sick. Yes. It's just that the sickness bears out differently. Right. You know? So yes. And that and that's where you know healthy me, healthy us type stuff comes into play. The two two healthy individuals yeah. who marry or you know have a relationship you know, have a healthy relationship, mm -hmm. but you know, to the degree that I have to have someone to take care of, yeah. I need a project. So I date projects or, you know, yeah. then I'm automatically setting myself up to a certain degree for failure mm -hmm. because I need somebody that has major issues to fix so that I feel better about myself being able to fix someone else. Yep. Yeah. So I mean that, and I, but don't get me wrong. I appreciate your definition in that, as far as you know, the addict and you know the codependent, mm -hmm. because I think you know it is. But I see it as very cyclical. Yeah. In in the sense of each part, each person has a role, and and the, here again, I'm not an addictions counselor, mm -hmm. you know, licensed that from that perspective, but my, uh, my supervisor was, okay. And, you know, and she very much, and I think it's an analogous to the, um, to the pain that you mentioned earlier, you know, to be a good addictions therapist, mm -hmm. you have to, she, what she would refer to, she has, you have to be able to light fires under yeah. people. You know, because it is about creating that pain or, you know, that uh, recognizing the cost benefit mm. type dynamic yeah. that helps people recognize their need for yeah. change. And I think, you know, to mm. and that that's what makes codependency so difficult yeah. is because neither one of us want to endure the pain right. that it takes to create right. change. Right. Both sides. Both sides. Right. Yes, yep. because I can't deal with your anger long yep. enough for the addict to go without whatever I, you know, yep. he needs yep. and that kind of thing. And often a big uh, enemy to change is fear, right? Like sure. fear, fear of the unknown or fear. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just fear. So that can often be a blocker as well. Sure. Um, yeah. So let's for, for the sake of the rest of the discussion, let's just say codependency is the relational dynamic that covers both. Sure. And then as far as terms go, we're going to call this side the codependent. Sure. Okay. And this side the <laughs> addict. Okay. But you can swap those out for someone who's not an addict, but let's just use those terms because I think it, it, I just, I need a shared language, Mark. That's okay. I'm, 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 I'm able to go with that. Yeah. Sure. Or unless you have better terms. No, no, I'm good with that. You can say this side is the strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a little confusing, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. Sounds more, sounds more like fruit punch. <laughs> Uh, and this is not a fruity situation. So. No, not at all. You're, you're pointing. B no, no, that's good. Did I point? <laughs> like you were going to say something. No, no, I appreciate I appreciate the need for that definition. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, so we can proceed forward. So, because um, examples, for if we're going to give some examples, and you, you know, we already started in on some, but it'd be good to kind of say the sides of that, but. Um, again, I know um, the parental relationship to an addict is a good example of that, where the codependent side would be the parents and the addict side would be the child. Sure. And um, I've had a lot of discussions with about that specific thing over the many, many years. And one thing I've found is that it's nearly impossible to 
it's just so hard to tell parents to do tough love because mm. you know what you're asking them. You, you know, you know, mm. you see it in their eyes, you see it in their reactions, you see it in their defensiveness. You're asking me to take a knife and stab it into my child's chest. That's what you're asking me to do. Mm. You know That's what I'm a, saying? That can be the way they see it. That, yes. Yes, very much so. And I'm I'm going all the way mm. to their side, and I'm saying this is this is what it is to them. This sure. is what you're asking yeah. me to do. Yeah. And yeah, on on your side, you're like that's what they're seeing, whatever. And I'm on our side, it's easy. But at the same time, until we can, there's no way they're gonna take any kind of counseling until you can kind of see mm-hmm. how extreme it is what you're asking them to do from their perspective, sure. and, then, and then do the work to, I guess, dismantle sure um, those perceptions. But in some cases, it's all I. A recent conversation is about a child with um, mental health struggles. Mm. And in that case, some of the boundaries that I I feel like would be healthy in that relationship, I can see how they potentially could be that knife stabbing. You know, mm, sure. if that child receives a boundary and therefore does something to hurt himself, mm-hmm. you know, how do you not as a parent, perceive it as I just took a knife and stabbed it in my child's chest. You know mm, what I mean? Sure. So that's where, and and the, we're not that far removed from an addict where they're saying, mm. I know if I stop paying for his school, he's going to just slip into this crowd. Mm-hmm. He's going to get out of all the good influences he has. Mm-hmm. And you, so basic, and, and then in that case, like the, the mortality rate of the type of environment I see him slipping into is very high. You mm-hmm. might as well ask me to stick a, a knife in his chest. Sure. Right? So I don't think it's that far off to f- say that. No, I hear you. You know, and I think I think it's important to understand how difficult of an ask it can be in certain cir- in a lot of circumstances. And I think that's important for for counselors i think it's important also for just friends Mm. (laughs) you know like people hopefully listening to this podcast going i know someone like that and i think they're Mm. stupid for paying for their kid's school or whatever that situation is Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah but you need to understand what's at stake here sure especially in their mind and i think and i think so often it doesn't matter what other people think i think you know we get caught up in that at times um but yeah, what would what would you say to that parent who's facing that mm-hmm. knife thrust type? I mean, the first dynamic. thing that I say is, "Holy crap! I see how hard this is." Mm, <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? I guess sure. that's kind of the point I'm making. Like, we can't just hand wave it away and say, "Well, trust us. This is better for your child." Sure. And you know the stuff we were saying earlier, like. It takes time to get to those points of saying, listen, what you're doing now is actually less loving. Mm-hmm. What you're doing now, you perceive as the most loving thing. I'm I'm giving mm. of myself in so many ways that hurt me but benefit my child. That is the very definition of love. Mm. But I will often come back to say, like, what is love? Love is doing, is wanting the best for someone mm. and doing what I can to pr- produce that the best. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the best is not to keep them from the consequences of their actions. Mm. 
Because what you're doing is guaranteeing a much larger consequence in the future. Sure. Like it's it's a guarantee. You cannot maintain this forever. Sure. The 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 nature of addiction or dependency is that it is accumulative, right? Like it it's continue, a propping. It's uh propping. Yeah, I'm holding up. In other yeah, words, I'm so, propping up and yeah. now I have to prop over here and I have to prop over uh, here to yeah, where yeah, we yeah. have a house of cards type thing yep. holding an individual up. Yeah. So if one thing happens, you know, yeah. eventually the whole thing tumbles down and then what? Yeah. And an addiction specifically mm-hmm. has diminishing returns. So, sure. you know, the nature of their struggles is only going to grow. And so the consequences to the growth of that, the, the growing nature of that only become greater and greater. So if you don't allow them to experience mm-hmm. two nights in jail mm-hmm. from, you know, a little, little bit of weed or whatever, mm-hmm. and you bail them out quickly because you mm-hmm. want to cover for that and you want to make sure it doesn't ruin their reputation and they mm-hmm. can still get into schools and yeah. all this stuff. You don't understand. You don't understand <laughs> that there is potential what you're doing is guaranteeing 30 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think you. that's... The empathy comes first. Sure, it does. And you slowly get to this side of saying, listen, what you feel like is most loving mm. can actually be the most evil mm. and covered in love, and sure. which is the worst kind of evil. You no, know, I hear you. And, and that's not your intention. Yeah. But that is what, you know, if you believe in a creator and you believe in the opposite, like mm. uh, the roaring lion who's, you know, mm. Seeking creeps around look, seeking to devour and destroy sure. like he his best tactic is to take evil things and cover them in beauty sure right the sure. wolf in sheep's clothing uh, sure. whatever and so like if you feel like you're being loving but are actually the results of what you're doing is the opposite of love like you're guaranteeing mm. a worse you know, future for your child. And mm. again, this, the, all these circumstances are also above us. Like we cannot guarantee the destruction of someone else and we cannot guarantee uh, the uh, the opposite. Health. Yeah. Uh, the the, the growth. Yeah. The growth. Positive blessings outcome. Blessings. Sure. Someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like ultimately we believe in a higher power and we believe that, that mm. there is uh, something between you and them that can intercede. Sure. But I'm saying... In the context of understanding our relationship and our ro- roles in the relationship, there's tremendous power there. And without that, you know, God's intervening, mm. which I've seen him do a lot in a lot in, in being around recovery for so many years. I've seen him intervene where mm. if it wasn't for this car accident or this person who came out of nowhere or, you know, and, and mm-hmm. spoke into their life, whatever that thing was, that intervening circumstance, the natural course of the enabling relationships in their life would have put them in prison, death, whatever, right? Mm. Um, and that that's part of their testimony. Like, I was this close, or, mm. you know, I was on the way to whatever. And, you know, so that's certainly possible. I just want to sure. add that. But without those things, it's just important to understand that like your actions as an enabler can guarantee the destruction of the person you're trying to protect. Sure. And that's... So I'm thinking about that in the context of... Your average parent, just your average parent, hmm. eight, 10, 12 year old child. Um, think about that, that relationship. <clears throat> Excuse me. Need some water? No, I'm good. Think about that relationship. I mean, a little bit. Um, think about that relationship with the couple you mentioned 
and translate that back 10, 12 years to that eight-year-old, 10-year-old child, where does that start? How do, what is that, what is that yeah. Yeah. impetus, if you will? Yeah. And, and what, as parents, what is one of those things that you think we need to be mindful of? Hmm. This is where I like to go back to your continuum. And that, mm. that becomes a, ha- a handy demonstration again, because not every child is the same and not every parent is the same. And sure. some parents naturally parent in a way that triggers uh, isolation. Like okay. I'm afraid of sure. your consternation and therefore I separate from you. Yeah. Go to your room till right. you get it figured out. Right. Or just their disapproval is so mm-hmm. overbearing that you self-separate. Like you. Shame. Yeah. Shame, shame parenting. Yep. Yep. Shame parenting. Yep. And then the other side, obviously, is the, oh, you're perfect and it's okay. You messed up Mm. and you can't do anything wrong. So there's there's a Mm. continuum there. Um, And somewhere in the middle, it it depends on your kids' needs and it depends Mm. on how you are as a parent. And it's hard. But yeah, if you, uh, I like, uh, again, Stephen Covey (laughs) (laughs) has an example of his own struggle with as as parents as his kids grew and how one of his kids was a natural athlete Mm. and one was not and the one that wasn't they would always kind of cover for him like oh Mm. he's just you know he's a little bit shorter and you know kind of publicly to other people and publicly to him kind Mm -hmm. of try and make him feel better Mm -hmm. and what they realized is okay we're teaching him something here. Mm-hmm. We're teaching him that he's less than. Sure. And that he's, you know, all these things. Because he's not the right. other son. He's not the other son, yeah. Sure. And, and his his capabilities don't align even with some of the other kids that aren't their son. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like clearly mm-hmm. he's... And so we're teaching him that this is true, mm-hmm. that you're less than. And number two, that you have to be covered for, mm-hmm. you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he talked a lot about how they had to learn the lessons to let him be who he was mm. and not apologize for it and sure. say like you're not as good as your brother that's okay you're be- yep. you're actually really good at this other thing and sure. also if you work really hard you could be better than your brother it's not a mm. it's not a limitation that because you're not as good at, at the same age as he was it, it might mean that you work harder and you end up further down the road than sure. he does that's up to you you know yeah hard work trumps natural ability yeah yeah yep yep and um but that was just an example that came to mind where um that's like way early right like that's like before they're starting to do dysfunctional things but we can sure. start um breeding yeah. this you know it's breeding grounds for this codependent cycle in the relationship where um, they need you as a parent, Mm. you know, in unhealthy ways. But as a parent, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't feel unhealthy at all. Like this is what parents do. You know, you cover, you protect, you You do all these things. The problem is um, it's not always healthy. And they're, does come a time where where you would cover you don't anymore mm-hmm. and learning that is supremely difficult and mm-hmm. i i think that's the work to be done is figuring that out and i mean i can speak from even from my own experience like my oldest is 15 mm-hmm. and you know if she doesn't want to do a thing we think she should do um 
it's been our course of action generally to do one of two things, either force her to do it and say, you have to do it because you're our daughter and this, mm-hmm. is, this is what you're going to do, or not force her to do it and shame her for it. <laughs> and kind of say like, okay, we're not going to make you do it, but we're disappointed that mm-hmm. you're not willing to obey and do this and, and do the thing, you know? Yeah. And I think um, I'm slowly trying to learn to f- how to do it differently, and I don't sure. know what the right path is, but I feel like the next course is essentially to let her do it and make her clear what I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But you're your own person, and you you need to make your own choices and experience the consequences mm-hmm. of those choices. One of those consequences is that I will be disappointed that you're not doing what I want you to do. Sure. And that can come with, a you know, a chain consequences where mm-hmm. because you didn't do the thing I wanted you to do, well, if you're not willing to, you know, obey in a sense this thing, then why would I let you do this other thing, right? Sure. Like, so there's there's ongoing consequences that come with your choices, but mm-hmm. ultimately your choices are your own and you're going to experience those consequences, sure. you know? And differentiation, I guess, yeah. I'm probably no, t- that's destroying good. that term, but like, yeah, your your choices are your own, and your consequences your mm-hmm. own. And my cho- my relationship to you is also distinct in that I will, re- you know, mm-hmm. how I respond to you is on my side, and I might be disappointed, or I might have consequences in the future for this or whatever. But sure, it's you know, I don't know if that. Well, I like your I like your <clears throat> use of the word um, consequences, um, and I think it's important to be able to delineate. There's two types of consequences. Okay, there's natural and logical. Okay, so logical are the ones that I develop out of a sense of discipline. Okay, if you don't do this, this will happen. Okay, if you don't clean your room, you don't get to go to your friends on Friday night. When you say logical, <coughs> the way I'm sorry. In other words, it's <laughs> a just, it's a thought up. It's a it's it manufactured. Makes sense. It like manufactured. A, yeah, natural and manufactured. No, not the same. Natural, no, natural, separate. natural. I'm yes. saying okay, manufactured saying. is my version of what yep. you said. Logical. Yep. It's the exactly the, the, the created and natural and natural are the things that happen <laughs> naturally. If I don't, you know, realistically, if I don't pay my taxes, I may lose my home. If I continue to drive at a certain rate of speed, you know, over the over the speed limit, I'm going to get a ticket. It's a natural consequence for continually doing something. And I think it, what it, the other part that brought, brings to mind is sometimes I think when I'm working with families in that dynamic you talk about, I'm not sure or it seems as if um, parents in that situation um, don't necessarily stop to think about there will come a day when they can no longer do what they are doing. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference too, to recognize, okay, in that process of propping up mm-hmm. in that process of, you know, you, you know, supporting what happens when you pass away, mm-hmm. who's going to do that role. And isn't it better now for you to start, even though it's difficult, isn't it better for you to start this process while you're still able and available and you know yeah you can be a part of it versus just basically letting this whole house yeah house of cards fall down and then because you're unable to your child is just like you're saying far worse yeah than they would have been before i also think too that the dynamic of that 
uh, that relational dynamic, the codependent cycle, Mm -hmm. is such that it causes a narrowing of focus. So Mm. it is almost impossible to think those thoughts. Sure. Out, you know, it's like you're just in the cycle. You're just. Well, you need somebody it's else. The ping pong, right? Like, okay, now I have to solve for this problem. Ding, it's back. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I have to solve, and it's like you're just thinking about the next problem in front of you, and it's very difficult, I think, to zoom all the way out without, yeah, without that help, that sure. helpful perspective to say, let's pause for a second, and then that's again, counseling is so important. Mm. Um, you know, objective perspectives. You know. Um, celebrate recovery. We talk a lot about that and kind of, um, the open share environment is where when someone across the room is talking about their own woes in their own family, it's mm. able to do the same thing. It's an, it, it allows me to unlock something in my brain that goes, Oh, this is mm. me. And it allows you to kind of think outside of, you know, mm. yourself or whatever. So I think having those inputs in your life are very, very important if you're stuck in that dysfunctional cycle. Sure. Because asking you to just think bigger, Mm -hmm. you know, long term is really, really difficult because you're just trying to solve the next problem, you know, both sides of that dysfunction, right? Yeah. And I like the analogy you used with um, your your friend there, Stephen Covey, as as far as his kids go, Um, because I think a lot of what happens, um, we, we grew up with a certain parenting style. So therefore, our tendency is to use that parenting style with our kids. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we, we know that shame-based parenting, you know, par- parents who use shame-based parenting, their children have a higher rate of addiction, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, addictive behaviors mm-hmm. than because there's this ability it, it it tends to lend towards this isolation and secrecy i'm going apart because i don't i'm doing things in secret or around you because i don't want to have to deal with that shame yeah. that i hear that i don't measure up and it's yeah. like you know so often we have to be able to separate the identity from the action yeah because so often you know the action the action as if I'm from my parenting dynamic, the, your action is a reflection upon my identity as yes, a parent. Yes. And, and that's a tough yes. thing. You know, that's where the spaghetti is a real thing. Cause yes. it's like, I can't see how your reputation is different than mine. Yes. And that's that again, that comes right back to what I was saying about Mia. Like I, that's, I'm having that hard <laughs> thing right now. Like if she doesn't go do the thing we want her to do, that will reflect badly on me. Like I'm a sure. bad parent. It doesn't, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Whether it does or doesn't mm. by some person's perception sure. isn't true. Like, and that doesn't make me a good parent. I'm just saying like their perception of, oh, I'm surprised they didn't make, you know, their kid's not here or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is. Or, oh, sure. like, you know, their kid isn't so perfect because they won't mm-hmm. do this thing that mm-hmm. or whatever. And I fear that, you know, consternation or whatever. And you know what? I have to learn to be like, that. Mm-hmm. That's she's not a reflection of me completely. She is yeah. in some sense. I guess that's where it gets fuzzy as parents, right? Like mm-hmm. there is a continuum, sure. a great a, a gradation of they're completely reflections of me when they're mm-hmm. a, a baby. And then slowly it should become less and less and they become their own person and, 
sure. and on the other side, right? Like they're they're completely distinct from me, and I accept that. They accept that. Everyone around accepts that. So there's the two ends, and somewhere in the middle, you're growing in that. Yeah, that differentiation. I'm going to keep using that word. It's probably not how you <laughs> would use it. <laughs> but yeah, there, it's difficult. But there's a there's a graph basically that describes yeah. what you're saying. And if you think about it, like make the L with your your hand and mm-hmm. in the lower lower what would be my left corner, okay? Is going to be at the bottom, at the bottom going across at the what's that? X X and Y, right? Y yes. is the top. Yeah. X axis is right lateral. to left. Yep. So horizontal is going to be age. So mm-hmm. start that out at zero yes. and then you go up. Okay. Yep. But on the Y axis going up is going to be responsibility. Yeah. So a parent for a child at zero is going to start out at that bottom with a hundred percent responsibility. Yeah, you, and the, there's two dots. One is the parent, one is the child. Well, it, it's a, it's the same graph. So as okay. the as the child ages, which oh, is gotcha. which is going to happen, yep. it's the it's the X. Yep. As they age, yep. okay, you want to equip them yeah, gotcha, yeah. to where your responsibility goes down. Right, and theirs goes up. And there, as they age, they take on more responsibility. Yep. So if I have a five-year-old and I'm still 100% responsible for them, I'm not giving them age-appropriate chores or things like yeah. that, you know, that's going to likely continue on yeah. in ways that are unhealthy into 10, 12, yeah. 15, 55, you know, that kind of thing to where ultimately around, you know, at a certain point, I want them to be 50, 50, you know, mm-hmm. I want, you know, around yeah. 18, you know, or, or even less than that. Yeah. So that I think that's a helpful visual yeah, at times. It is, yeah. It's like, how am I equipping my child to eventually take responsibility for all of their own behavior mm-hmm. and operate in a healthy autonomy? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's that, that's kind of what you were describing, you know, in that process of as, you know, we age and responsibility. And I and from that perspective, I realize it's going to have to be for, you know, not not necessarily all today, but yeah. I'm recognizing I think that's where boundaries come into play. Yes. And I think I even had a conversation with Lizzie about this the other day. I think so often we want to look for formulas. Hmm. OK, this and this I feel like equals this. Save this. Well, uh, for another time. Yeah. I well, feel fair like, enough. Well, I just feel like we reached a really good uh, yeah. Yeah. natural bookend to this because good I do think this is a good uh, conversation to extend to multiple things. And yeah, um, I think talking about, we, we've talked, we've covered codependency pretty well. And okay. Define some you. examples and define some terminology. To where I think a, the natural next, next progression would be talk about boundaries. We'll, we'll and leave I think, it as a cliffhanger. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> What's a boundary, folks? It's a cliff. <laughs> With one end <laughs> knocked off. Which is funny because sometimes that's how people mm. create boundaries is they create a cliff. Or, sure. You know. Cutoffs. So we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Because yeah. I think there's a, there's a bajillion ways to do boundaries and it's a continuum of healthy to unhealthy. Mm. Right? Sure. And well, I so, think it's that middle ground again between two extremes. But yes, that, that's de- what I mean. But there's a continuum that. of how you can do yep. a boundary that yep. is good, you know, or bad over here and bad over here. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You get that. So you get yeah. That. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for sharing, Justin. I appreciate the. Uh, I now I am now I'm gonna have a, a little better insight of where the topic comes from. That's this is right. this has been something you've been wrestling with. Yes. In uh, yeah. multiple con- in multiple ways. So yeah, yeah. appreciate you yeah. Uh, bringing some of that experience to the uh, microphone for the rest of us to benefit from. Yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation next yeah. time, Sounds which good. will be uh, for us recorded in two weeks. Yeah, because at least next week. We we're doing an interview. Special guest. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a minute since we have a guest, so we're so, excited yeah. about doing that again. Yeah. Um maybe y'all could just say a little prayer that we don't have any technical <laughs> difficulties <laughs> for <laughs> once. Yeah, well, you know, that's part of growth. We <laughs> learn from them. It is, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited this will be our first guest with our new system equipment and, yeah. and setup. Um so we'll have to Yeah. Well, all right, folks. This is how we see it. I just saluted Mark. You couldn't see that. Okay, bye. I saluted back. (laughs) Hey, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like how I see it, please do all the things that podcasts tell you to do. Subscribe, rate, review, follow us, uh, and or talk nicely about us on social media. If you want to reach out, the email is us at howiseeit.click. Yep, I said dot click, as in dot C-L-I-C-K. Please tell your friends about this show, and we'll see you on the next one.